decisions that you make in your life? What are those decisions that you're about to make this weekend or today after hearing? After we hear every Sunday, every message or every time we hear a message, the message has to work within ourselves. You need to take this word with you and you need to ask your God, what are the decisions that I could make as a Christian in my life so that my life grows, my life progresses as a Christian, my life, my family grows. You know what? Right? What are those decisions that I'm about to make? You know, your decisions that you make comes from your faith that you have in that particular thing that you're about to do. And that helps for you, uh, that helps you and your family to have strong convictions through the Lord. Are you with me? Your decisions build your convictions and you make sure that it will pass through. No matter people support you or not, if Benjamin supports Pradeep or not, or Ben, if you make, Pradeep, if you make, sorry, if you make a decision, stand with it. Stand with it. Then when you make a decision, stand with it. People may support or not. Roslyn may support you or not. But you made a decision. Are you with me? I'm just taking a few names. But you can include your name. The decisions that I make, God will honor that. Fathers here as a priest of the house, make some decisions for your family. Moms as the spiritual provider within your family, in whatever capacity that God has placed you, make some decisions for your family. Kids growing up under the, under the shelter of parents make some decisions. There, together as a family, you progress in the sight of God. And as a Christian, you encourage one another so that we can be a blessing with the decisions that we have made. And here in Bible, it talks about it's a blessing in disguise in the life of Esau. Yes, of course, Esau, you're going to serve your brother. Yes, of course, Esau, you're going to serve your brother and you're going to live by Esau. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you decide... Things are going to change and things has to change. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. You don't have to live all your life under sword. You don't have to live all your life in warfare. But when you decide, things are going to change and you will break the yoke from your neck. You will break his yoke from your neck. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So get rid of that yoke that has been bounding your life for a season and I pray that when you decide that yoke has to come down. We know what Bible talks about. Anointing breaks the, breaks the yoke. The anointing of God when He comes upon your life. And the anointing of God when it rests within our soul. You become restless and you cannot take any yoke. Oh, are you with me? The anointing will differentiate you from being a freedom, living in freedom to a person, living in slave and living in bondage. Your anointing will give you the access to step out. You don't have to do it by yourself. It's, your, it's the help of Holy Spirit, the anointing. Um, can I tell you who is anointed here? Who is anointed here? I'm asking this. Who is anointed in this house? What, what does anointing mean? What does anointing mean? Does it mean that a pastor has to come lay his hand over your head and he has to anoint you with oil and with prayer and he has to pray over you? No, it doesn't mean that. You have been called and you have been anointed by God Almighty and God has placed you in this generation with an anointing and your anointing breaks the yoke. Hallelujah. So each one of you look to yourself and say, I am anointed by God. Every single one of you, you are, you are here, you may be baptized or you're not baptized, but you are anointed and chosen by God, being in this generation, because you are the one appointed to break the yoke of the enemy. Your anointing breaks the yoke. When you decide, brother, when you decide, you break the yoke. Praise the Lord. If you don't decide, 
if you go along the system, if you do everything to please everybody, if you do everything just by the, 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 for the namesake, if you want to live your life just for the namesake, Christian, everything is fine. And the yoke just gets bad in your life. It just gets stronger. But when you realize and when you decide, understand, when you decide, you have the power to break the chain. And you know, you, you, know, you might think, how can it happen? Can I tell you? In your decisions that you make, be strong and be steadfast in it. And as every day progresses, every day progresses, make sure you practice what you have decided. Don't let the waves of the wind toss your decisions. Don't let people around you toss away the decisions that you have made. But make sure that the decisions that you have made, you are practicing it. Every single day. Tell, tell, uh, people tell that, that almost, it takes almost 21 days for a character to be built. People say almost take 21 days for something that you have been deciding and to walk in, you know, to, uh, to become part of your lifestyle, to be, be, be part of who you are. It takes almost 21 days. What it means is for 21 straight days, if you are able to practice what you have decided, it becomes part and parcel of who you are in your life. Are you with me, church? I want to bring your attention towards and a scripture portion that I want to read today and meditate on. The person is from the book of Ruth, chapter 1. Book of Ruth, chapter number 1. And as we read the story there, last week I talked about a famine in the life of Isaac. And this week I'm lo looking at the portion and we, we start reading the book of Ruth, chapter 1. And we understand there's another famine mentioned in the book of Ruth. And it talks about in the days, Ruth chapter 1, verse 1 onwards. It talks about in the days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah uh, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. So there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah together with his wife and two sons went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Here's a man who has decided to leave the place called Bethlehem and go and reside in a place called Moab. You have to understand the meaning here is uh, uh, of, of Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. House of bread. Praise the Lord. It almost talks about, you know, we took into the reality of today's lifestyle. You are somebody, a Christian, living a famined life in Costco. Praise the Lord. A Christian walking into Costco and finding nothing. House of bread and there is a famine in the land. Are you, are you understanding what I'm trying to say here? Bethlehem means house of bread and there is famine in the land. Oh, it doesn't go together. The name suggests that this is a place that is that they have rolls of bread. There is plenty of bread here. But what is happening? People find nothing and there is a famine in the land. Praise the Lord. And when we look into the different famines in the Bible, you have to understand every famine, there was a struggle and there's a struggle so that God has propelled, wanted to propel their life after the struggle. If you stay strong during the famine, you have to understand when you have in plenty or when you have nothing to eat, God is on the king. It does, he doesn't change. He doesn't change. Even when you don't have anything in your kitchen, anything to eat in your kitchen, God does not change. Your glory and your worship towards him never has to change because he is still 
on the throne. And that's how we look at Jesus, God's life. And we see in the story here, we look into the life of Elimelech, uh, a, a, a king, a, a guy here whose entire family decided to leave the house of bread and go to a place called Moab. What is Moab? Who are the Moabites here? We look into the life of Moabites. Moabites were the people who are the descendants of Lot. Do you know who Lot is? Lot was a relative of Abraham. And Mr. Lot had a lot of problems. A lot of problems. Praise the Lord. And who are the Moabites? Who are the Moabites here? Moabites were this guy. He was so wicked that he had children with his daughter. And the descendants of, uh, of, uh, of Lot are called as Moabites. He was a wicked man who fell in the, in the glory of God. And he did evil practices, evil things. And Lot and his descendants are called Moabites. And here is a man, Elimelech, and his entire family leaves the house of bread, leaves the house of bread, and goes to a place called Moabite and tries to live in this place to have their daily need met. But as we look into the story, we see because they made this journey, they lost everything. Elimelech had to die. And, and as I talk this message here, sometimes, you know, for parents here, you know, parents, fathers in the house, you have to understand the spiritual thing in, in rooted in the scriptures. Sometimes we think that all I am appointed in my family, all my responsibility within my family is to bring bread on the table. And so when there is no bread, the one best thing I could do was to just provide bread and to take my entire family to a place where God wasn't pleased. And God in the Bible does not ask men to only provide bread on the table, but you are the priest of the house. You take care of the entire spiritual atmosphere within your family. You understand it is not by bread alone, but you need to make sure that your family needs more than the physical bread appeared there. Because you as men has the potential God has given that as the spiritual leaders within your family, you set the tone, you set the temperature within your household that we will be a family that serves God no matter what. And that's what we say in the life of Joshua. He would say, I and my family, we will serve the Lord. People stand with me, don't stand with me. People support me, don't support me. I may be in a land of famine, but one thing I decide, I and my household, we will serve the Lord. Am I talking to some men here? Our primary role is not just to provide bread on the table. So what happens is when you don't find, you take them to a place where there is enough bread. But maybe it is out of the will and the plan of God. Did you inquire from God? Are you in the will of God when you set out to leave Bethlehem from the house of bread, your hometown, and to leave and go to a place where God did not allow you? Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Understand the spiritual atmosphere within your family. And that's why Elimelech, his name means, Elimelech, his name, God is my king. Elimelech means God is my king. What do you mean by that? You know, your name may say, God, you are my king. But if your lifestyle doesn't align with the name that has been given to you, it doesn't make sense. Are you with me? Your name says, Elimelech, God is my king. But you don't give God that reverence in your life at all. You don't give God that value at all. 
Yes, your name may say that, but does your actions line up to your name? Praise Lord. Elimelech, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Where are you going? You're leaving the place of hope. You're leaving the place of bread. You're leaving the house of bread and going and walking into a place where God actually forbids. And here in the story we see he loses all his children. He loses his own life. And they are back to it's just Naomi and it's just her daughter-in-law. And out of the daughter-in-laws, there's one person where I want to camp for a couple of minutes and talk to you about that. As they make this bold decision, things change in their life. I want to bring your attention towards Ruth chapter 1, verse 14. Ruth chapter 1, verse 14. I just gave you a backdrop of the book of Ruth here. Ruth chapter 1, verse 14. This is how it goes. Um, at the... At, at this, they wept again. At what? When they lost their father, they lost their children, they, they wept again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. And verse 15, it says, Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. Be even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Are you with me, church? The story talks to us about a girl from the land of Moab who has come into the household of Elimelech and Naomi. And she makes some bold decisions there. When one of the daughter-in-laws, when everything has ended, she chose to leave. She said goodbye and she gave a good kiss and she left. But Ruth made this choice in her life. To say, mom, don't urge me to leave. Don't push me to leave. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you go, I will go. This is what I understand. People leave when they don't meet their expectations. Orpah chose to leave. Because she understood there are more years for her to live. More years for her to pursue her life. Good things can come after her life. And she said, mom, you know what? We walked this mile together. But now is the time when I say goodbye. I give you a good kiss. Bye-bye. I am leaving. Sometimes when people leave, I would say let them go. Because they are here. Not in an intention of building together. They are in an intention of finding what is valuable. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. I, you know, in my pastoral experience, in my pastoral experience, whenever you know, it's in India and also here, um, you know, I have had people who are clinging together because of stage. Clinging together because of what they can receive, what they can achieve, what they can showcase. I would say they're all orpas. Sometimes don't be... Don't, don't be alarmed when they come to you and they're like, you know what? I'm not getting what I need because this place looks empty and famine. This is good time for me to live. I would say, goodbye. 
But there will be some root around who would say, even when I don't have the colorful stuff, even when I don't have the roof above, even when I don't have what it needs to stay together, but I decide that no matter where you go, I will go with you. I cannot promise you. Naomi would say, I cannot promise you good things. I cannot promise you for lunch. I cannot promise you for the next salary. I cannot promise you for the vehicle. I cannot promise you anything. But Ruth would say, Mom, it's okay. I know you can promise me anything, but I decide even when I don't have anything, where you go, I will go. Can I tell you honestly, listen to me very carefully. People who are here and also watching to me. In Christian church today, we need some root to arise. It's fact. Even when you don't have a stage, are you ready to worship? Even when you don't have a pulpit and a mic, are you ready to preach? Even when we don't have a roof on our head, are we ready to stay together? Lord, Ruth would say, Mom, where you go, I will go. Are you ready to do that? We need some root to arise. Some conviction, some bold decisions to be made. Even when I don't have all the glamorous thing around, I am ready to say, God, and this challenge me in my personal life. I say, God, even when people support or know, but I make this decision where you send me, I am going to go. And I want like-minded people to stand and to encourage the mission what God has given each one of us. Let some root arise in this house. That would say, people, I will go where you go. I am with you. I am with you. The other orpas, goodbye. But I need some root to arise. I need some root to arise, to make some bold decisions in their life. And we see the life of Ruth. She comes from a messed up family. She comes from a messed up lineage. But where does she come up? She comes from a messed up lineage. But then this guy named Boaz, he accepts her, marries her. And from that lineage, you see the birth of a savior. Why? One Moabite girl said, mom, there you go. You don't know the end story, my brother, my sister. But I don't know. When you make some bold decisions, uh, the savior of the universe will appear through your lineage. Why? Because you made a decision to say, Mom, there you go. I will go. Your God will be my God. And I will serve you no matter what I will serve you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When you walk out of this church after this service today, look to one another and tell them, be a root for God's kingdom. Come on. Be a root for God's kingdom. When you meet somebody in our, in our church community, just ask them, be a root for God's church. Be a root. Because when you don't see the colorful things happening around you, even then make it a point that you will serve God no matter what. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? Joseph Uncle, are you with me? Praise the Lord. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't receive it, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God. You know, some, these are the decisions that actually change the trajectory of your life. It propels you. Some decisions will propel you to a next level. Can I tell you another story? 
some famines God ordained in your life, God ordains in your life, it's actually a setup for a divine setup. Praise the Lord. It's actually, uh, did I say it correctly? It, uh, it, is a, it is a divine setup for a step up in your life. When you go through those famine situations, when you see nothing working out the way you planned and you prepared, understand, give yourself in the hands of God. God, in this famine, I realize one thing, that it's not about me, but I want to know your will in through this season. Father, I have something, when even when I don't have it, I will still worship you. When I have a job, I lose my job. When my family stays with me, when my family chooses to leave me, but I will still serve you God Ruth's decision your people will be my people what a bold declaration what a bold declaration praise the Lord and that's why in marriages sometimes this is one of the understanding that we have to have in marriages a marriage can succeed and prosper and be a blessing only when both not just the wife but husband and wife both come together in the agreement that, hey girl, your family is my family. And the guy, girl will say, achicha or whatever you will call. You say, your family, come on, your family is my family. There's an agreement. And when that agreement happens, blessings come out. Praise the Lord. Why are families not thriving? I'm not talking about thrive in the sense of money and money that you make. No. Why is there's no peace in the family? Because there's no agreement with the family. That you don't come together to say that, you know what? Your people are my people. Your family is my family. Your household is my household. I work to see that our household thrives and moves forward in the will of God Almighty. Ruth made a bold declaration. And this is what Ruth said. Your God will be my God. Praise the Lord. I have worshipped idols for all this life. But today I make this declaration that your God is my God. Ruth actually did not see anything good coming from Naomi's God. Because when she met their family, there was famine in the land. And these families actually deserted Bethlehem ran to Moab and that's where they met Ruth. So she actually did not see any good benefits of their God. But still she understood one thing. In the practices of Naomi, there is something different about aligning yourself under the patronage of this family. And I would declare that your God is my God. Your God is my God. Your family is my family. Where you die, I will die. Can we lift up eyes to the Lord? All stand up at the worship team behind me. Let's all stand up in God's house. And some, let, let's, let's make some bold declarations in this house. Lord, when I decide, and I decide today to be a root in God's house. I decide today to be a root in God's house. Where Father, even when I don't have 
what I see and what I want to have, I will still believe that you alone are the king of my life. You alone are the redeemer of my family. And you alone are the one who provides everything, oh Lord. And I surrender every eye closed. Look to the Lord in prayer and say, God, make me a Ruth. Father, help us, oh Lord, that let me make some bold decisions in this house. Let me make some bold confessions in this house. Father, help us, oh Lord, through our decisions, Father, that we will stay strong to make some convictions that will safeguard our life, that will propel our life, oh Lord. We pray like Ruth, oh Lord. Your people shall be my people. Your God will be my God. Church, lift up your voice and start praying. Lord, help us, O oh Lord. Give us convictions, O oh Lord. Help us to make some bold decisions, O oh Lord. Help us to make some bold decisions, O oh Lord. Like Ruth would leave her, her, her family line, her gods, her idols, and say, Lord, your God will be my God. Your people shall be my people. Where you go, I will go. Father, help us, O oh Lord, that we raise up a generation that has the spirit of Ruth, O oh Lord. That has the convictions of Ruth, O oh Lord, that something beautiful will come out of the lineage in Jesus' name.